full of cash, just seen a big old ass. all right y'all what is going on this is your man l jamal coming through with another edition of never out of bounds of course this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got the facts today uh we're gonna get into the nba we're gonna talk about some award finalists we're gonna get into the playoffs i wanted to talk about the the, uh, the rest of the playing games. I wanted to uh, preview uh, some of the playoffs. Of course, we are getting close to tip off in the in our first game, uh, that being the Heat and the Bucks. But I did want to kind of get into a, a discussion about each of the series that we're going to see this weekend, at least the, the game ones and stuff like that. Um, we're also going to be oh uh, outside the NBA. I did want to also get off get some stuff off my chest today too. I wanted to kind of vent with y'all so. Yeah, let's just go ahead and get into it. We're going to get into the NBA. Uh, let's start off with, like I said, the award finalists. Uh, starting off with the MVP, we got Steph Curry here. Top one, uh, well, the top one of the three so far. Averaging 32 points a game, over five uh, over five rebounds, almost six rebounds a game. Almost six, uh, six assists a game as well. Uh, shooting at 48% uh, from the field, 42% from three. Um, I think the numbers here are solid. I think a lot of people are going to be looking at that uh, that recent uh, play-in tournament loss, though, uh, to kind of define him. Um, I don't, personally, I don't think that knocks him so much because if you compare him to, I mean, if you compare his you know numbers to maybe Embiid and Jokic, at least along the scoring side of things, you know, you still say he's probably well. No, that's that's in terms of scoring. That's in terms of shooting, uh, because again, Jokic has uh, superior numbers uh, rebounding and also from the assist category. Um, and as far as Embiid, uh, he's shooting at fifty-one percent from the uh, from the field, and he's also averaging more rebounds as well. So there's things that each of these guys have. Uh, Joel Embiid, uh, he's averaging twenty-four points a game, actually twenty-four point eight to be exact. Like I said, over uh, ten rebounds, also of almost three assists a game. He's averaging a block a game as well. He's also shooting at thirty-seven percent from three. So, you know. If you look at it, and you especially look at the team that these guys are on and what they did. Um, now, if you look at what the MVP is, well, before we talk about that, we look at Nikola Jokic as well. Uh, over 26 points a game, uh, about 10.8 rebounds, so almost 11 rebounds. He's averaging the most assists out of every guy here with eight, uh, over eight. And he averages, uh, well, actually, his shooting percentage is 56% from the field and 34%. Uh, from sorry, thirty four percent from three. So he's actually the better shooter uh, in terms of field goal percentage out of all these guys. Uh, if you look at his team, his team, well, his team is a, a, a well, I believe it's his third seed. Uh, yeah, they're going to be matching up against Portland. So third seed team here. Um, you know, I, you know, I. With that being said, you know, I I like I I did look I did like what Steph did this year. But kind of looking at what, you know, Joel, you know, did with pushing his team to the first seed, despite, you know, Brooklyn having three all-stars, uh, three potential Hall of Famers, 
Yeah, what Jokic did out west too, with that stacked as it was. Um, I I do like Curry's volume of shooting, uh, at least in, I mean in terms of his scoring. He had some. I mean, he's a scoring champion. But I am a little bit more impressed with you know Jokic and Embiid overall with what they were able to do with their squad. Now, mind you, the Warriors didn't have Clay. I know people are gonna say that. Um, yeah, but, you know, for what it's worth, Jokic got a third seed in the Western Conference, you know, with, with it being as stacked as it is, you have, you know, the number one seed, of course, being the Jazz, with Donovan Mitchell and their stars, you have Rudy Gobert, a nominee for Defensive Player of the Year, you got the second seed, the Suns, uh, who you know are amazing offensively. They don't have a lot of playoff experience, but they've blown a lot of teams out of the water. Well, they've blown everybody almost out of the water this season. Um, and of course, right behind them, uh, that being the Nuggets, you have the Clippers. You know, who have Kawhi and PG. Uh, they have a solid, you know, coach. Uh, you know, with playoff experience uh, as well with Ty Lue. He's won a championship, so you know. That's impressive to me. Not, I mean, again, Curry scored a lot of points, but we knew he was going. We, I mean, I knew he was going to have to. I don't know about you guys, but he was going to have to do that. We knew this, right? I mean, his team didn't have nobody was on that team like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Andrew Wiggins improved over the course of the year. Uh, you got some things out of Kelly Oubre, from what my understanding is. James Wiseman is going to, you know, evolve, and of course, Draymond Green is a defensive player of the year so he had some things so i mean he he just he just came a little up a little bit short and then you got somebody like Embiid, you know like i said uh who pretty much whose team uh the sixers again with a new coach you know um they bring in doc and uh they remain pretty much uh neck and neck with the nets for the entire season and end up winning the east despite again the nets having three of the best offensive players the league has ever seen so those those are actually when I look at it, that's really impressive to me. Um, don't get me wrong, score you know scoring the most points in the league that that gives you a nod, and I think that I mean this I mean that was his nod for the season, scoring champion. Do I see him as MVP compared to overall what Embiid and or Jokic did? I'll be honest with you, no. Now that I think about it a little bit more and what it means, you know, and, and what the context is about around the Eastern Conference and, again, the Western Conference as a whole and where, you know, the Sixers and eventually the, the Nuggets finished, yeah. And, again, you know, John Morant, despite, you know, you know all the love that we give to Curry, you know, what we saw from John Morant is just uh, indicative of, of, you know what, Everybody has their day. I'm not saying that Seth, Steph falls off or they completely fall off the rails without being the Warriors. Uh, of course, they're still a threat, at least another year. Uh, you know, you give them at least another year with with Clay coming back. You know, definitely a playoff team. But uh, you saw a lot from John Morant. John Morant, in my opinion, looks to be the future of the point guard position because he can score, he can shoot, and most importantly, he can pass the ball and play defense as well. Uh, so I, I, I mean, we're seeing a lot right here. So um, I, I would not be surprised if Joel. I, I, I would ride with Joel or Nikola, uh, or my boy Jokic here. Um, two of the big men, and it, it would be good to see a big man get one. You know, like a center. You know, just to kind of show the world. You know, like, you know, this league has been. You know, 
you know that they've they've changed up the role for these guys so much, and I think these both of these guys are indicative of that change for that position. Like they really mastered that change. They really saw that opportunity, and uh, they are indicative of the modern big man. So I think having those two, uh, one of those two guys win it, I think it, it shows that the league has come a, a long way. Moving on, we're gonna talk about the rookie of the year nominees. We got Lamelo Ball. Uh, we have Anthony Edwards and Ty, uh, Tyree Halliburton. Ball, uh, he is averaging well, he averaged 15.7 uh, points per game over uh, five rebounds, almost six. He also averaged six assists a game, which was good enough for 17th in the league. So he was 17th, or he was a top 20 player in assists. Uh, Anthony Edwards averaging 19 points per game, uh, f- over four rebounds, and also two assists a game, uh, shooting at 41% from the field, 32% from three. Uh, really interesting uh, player coming out of Minnesota. I know a lot of people probably didn't see a lot of him because, of course, it's Minnesota. I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys saw more LaMelo. So I'm pretty sure LaMelo probably, you know, already carrying the family name. You know, there's so much notoriety with him in that name. And again, he is a top 20 player in a certain statistic. I kind of want to say that he kind of takes this one. You do got Tyree Halliburton as well. Uh, Tyrese, excuse me, Tyrese Halliburton, 13 points per game, five assists a game, uh, also averaging three rebounds per game, uh, shooting really well this year in his rookie season, 47% from the field, also 40% from three. So uh, you do have those two guys there, Edwards and Halliburton. I think, um, you know, Edwards is probably your second in line, your, your second place guy. I will go with LaMelo just because he's a top 20 player. In a in a known statistic in a major statistic, uh, he has that going for him. He did have some success this year, at least making to a playoff turn. Uh, sorry, a play-in tournament. You know, you saw a lot of him. You know, this season, I think that that bodes well. You know, more so in his favor. Uh, we got defensive player of the year: Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Ben Simmons. Um, this one here, of course, Rudy Gobert. Uh, you know, long-time winner of this defensive team. I know he's won this, you know, at least once or twice. Got to be Draymond Green. I think he's won this one time. I know he's been on a defensive team. I think, yeah, got to be. Um, ben Simmons, I, you know, this one here, I think this one is up in the air. I hear a lot of good things coming from Draymond defensively. You're always hearing about how he's trash offensively, though, so... <laughs> the talk about him being so boo boo offensively, I think sometimes wear out what he can wears out what he can do defensively. So it's like I don't know, I don't always hear what he's doing defensively. But I'm always hearing about how he sucks offensively. So it's like okay, um, Gobert. I mean, he's always consistent. So I mean, unless there's voters fatigue, I mean, some type of voters fatigue in terms of you know giving him his defensive props. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Uh, definitely, of course, my my dark horse would be Ben Simmons. Um, his, uh, oh, his, uh, you know, his defensive metric stats are pretty solid. I know he's top 10, top, you know, top 20 in terms of that type of stuff. So he has somewhat of the stats. Draymond Green, of course, has the pedigree. So does Rudy Gobert. Again, I, I mean, Rudy Gobert has always stayed consistent. I think he's top 10 in blocks and in rebounds. So, I, you know, I, I don't see where they wouldn't go with him again. Again, unless there's some type of voters fatigue, they tired of seeing him winning. Uh, you know, that's me. Uh, most improved player of the year, we got Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., and uh, Julius Randle, my personal favorite player of the season. Uh, really showed out 
averaged over to, uh, averaged 24 points per game, 19th in the league. Also, top 10 in rebounds with 10 rebounds a game, and also 20th in assists with six. Uh, I think that really, you know, he really showed off this year. I think he's actually been kind of bubbling in that New York situation for a while now. They just don't talk about the Knicks because they haven't been that good this year. But now that they're good, well, at least now that they're in the playoffs with a fifth seed, they getting some notoriety. And, of course, it's New York City. So uh, Julius Randle is my personal pick for most improved player. I saw what I, – I looked at Jeremy Grant's numbers. Again, they've definitely improved over the course – so so far the course of his career personally um and i could definitely see him i understand why he's a finalist but compared to where julius randall is at he's already top 10 to or top 20 in two categories he's already a top uh 10 player in rebounds i think that x is out that uh michael porter same thing i think he averages more points than all these guys uh, both of these guys uh but again I don't think his shooting uh percentages are on the same line as julius randall uh, i also feel like we kind of came in the came well, we knew Michael Carter had this potential already. Um, we just kind of were just waiting for it to kind of foster with him and kind of start bubbling for him. So we we know Michael Michael Porter Jr. can play. I've known that every expert that I've listened to has said that. So for me, I don't think it's so much as he's a most improved player as as opposed to he's playing on top of his potential. Julius Randle. I think he did have some potential coming out when he was drafted, but he definitely was <clears throat> set to have regressed. That's why he was, you know, of course, traded from the Lakers uh, who drafted him. But he's definitely, you know, again, solidified himself as at least a top 20 player in the league as of, as, uh, as of this year. So I got, I got Julius Randle winning this one. I'd be very surprised. And matter of fact, I was just going to outright say it, disappointed if he were not to get this one. Moving on to the Sixth Man of the Year award, Jordan Clark. We got Jordan Clarkson, Joe Inglis, and Derek Rose. I personally like Jordan Clarkson. Uh, when I've gone over many Utah games on this on this channel, I mean, on this yeah on this platform, I've definitely uh, mentioned his name a lot in my box scores. I noticed uh, he's had numerous twenty point games. I know he's had like a thirty point game. Uh, he's had some crazy scoring games coming off of the bench, specifically Joe Ingles. I don't know uh, so much about his numbers per se. Uh, Derek Rose, he's definitely he's been in the mix of this for this award at least the past couple of years. Um, I don't know if the league just gives it to him just based on just what the Nick where the Knicks you know are at this year, what they've done. They might side with that because again, you know that you know his success you know is, has led to a team. Well, no, no, because. Utah's the first seat. Uh, they had the best record in the league, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I, I think Jordan Clarkson, um, if you haven't checked him out, uh, at least his highlights this year, do that. Uh, again, like I said, there's many games that I've called here, uh, you know, referring to Utah that he's definitely been a part of. Like I said, just coming off the bench, getting 20, bucks, 20 points here, 25 points in this game, maybe even 30 points in another game. So I, I've personally seen it in the box score. I, I personally can't say the same for Rose or Ingles. That's just where I'm at with that one. Uh, finally, we got um, Coach of the Year. Uh, we got the finalists. We got uh, Quinn Snyder out of Utah. Uh, he finished with a record of 50 and 21st in the Western Conference. We got uh, Tom Thibodeau of the Knicks, 41 and 31. Of course, this is amazing for the Knicks. They, were a four, they are the fourth seed in the East. This is their first playoff berth since 2012-2013 season. Uh, we also have the Suns here. Uh, sorry, Monty Williams, 
coach of the Suns here, 51 and 21, second in the West. Uh, just finished uh, behind, uh, just finished behind the Jazz by one game, uh, mind you. Uh, this is their first playoff appearance since 2009, 2010. Uh, a lot of these guys, uh, well, you know, for Monty Williams and the Suns, uh, they come a long way. Uh, they pretty much had a lot of those pieces kind of in the fold for a while now, um, like. Booker and you've had DeAndre Ayton, the piece that you drafted there. So it's uh, definitely uh, and and the fact that you know I like what Monty Williams has done because he's a newer he's the new coach pretty much, um, been there at least a year or so, but hasn't really revamped, hasn't really had to revamp that team completely, hasn't really retooled that team completely. He's 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 really working with the guys that have already been there. So I think whatever he has going on has definitely translated. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, uh, Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau uh, is kind of in the same situation. Now his team has been brought together kind of more so recently. Um, of course, with them acquiring Julius Randle, they just drafted RJ Barrett a couple years ago. Uh, but again, he teaches a lot of good defense. I think he's kind of laid off on some of his old, older practices of running his players into the ground. I think that's worked for him. Uh, the players seem to like him. He's still, like I said, is a great defensive mind. If you look at the Knicks stats, that's where they, you know, that's where they make their name. Uh, of course, despite having great scores as well, but defense is kind of Thibodeau's calling card. Uh, but I do like how he's made it balanced and found ways to to utilize offensively uh, sound players. So he's definitely, I think that's something that he did to a stint in Chicago, uh, but since you know he was relying on Derrick Rose as his main guy, well, no, he got Derrick Rose back too. So you know he's in the mix and that. So I, I think he's you know doing his thing too. Quinn Snyder, uh, Coach of the Year candidate. I think he's a solid candidate as well. Again, Utah has re relatively remained in the Western Conference playoff mix for many years now, uh, and then this is the first time they kind of finished, you know, on top of everything. They had a full season to kind of exert their dominance. Uh, this is a chance for them to get some respect. I think uh, they, I think if it's, if it's any year that he gets it, it it'll be this year. Um, who I like personally, I like Thibodeau. Uh, I liked what he's done, at least for this year. What he, what he's done with that roster. Uh, this roster has been cast away in a lot of circles. Uh, a lot of a lot of media members did not have this team uh, completing anything, doing anything solid. I think the Suns were a playoff potential team. I, I don't think a lot of teams saw them as a number two team. No, uh, that does exceed things. But for the Knicks, just how much they went through and just how much I think their biggest thing is. Uh, they got really hot at a certain part of the season, like right after that All-Star game, and they really were lights out in a lot of cases. Uh, they finished the season, the season sorry, 7-3 in their last 10 games. Uh, really, a really dominant record kind of down the stretch um, going up against the Eastern Conference on top of that. So I, I, I think they're definitely, I think for this year, I go with Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau and for what it's worth, I think the Knicks are a very scary team to play to play in the playoffs in my opinion, in the Eastern Conference. Yes. Um, with that being said, let's move on to the scores from the playing games. Uh, we have uh, the Pacers. Uh, they took a huge L to the Wizards, one fifteen to one forty two. For the Pacers, they were led by Demontis Sabonis, nineteen points, ten assists, eleven rebounds. Why didn't you go to Portland like your dad? That would have been so cool. Uh, we got Malcolm Brogdon getting twenty four points, four assists, and two rebounds. For the Wizards, they were led by Bradley Beal, of course, twenty five points from him, four assists, and five rebounds. 
Uh, they also got help out from Rui Uchimura and, of course, Russell Westbrook. Uh, they both got 18, 18 points each. Uh, Achimura also added two assists and four rebounds to his total. Russell, of course, uh, with a double-double, got to do the extra. I don't have no problem with it. I'm not saying that it's a, that's a bad thing. I'm just saying 18, 18 points, like I said, 15 assists and eight rebounds. Daniel Gifford had a monster game off of the bench, showing the world who he is because I've never heard of him. Daniel Gafford, excuse me, uh, 15 points, 13 rebounds. Again, I didn't say that. That's not to put him down. I just had never heard of him, but he definitely put me on notice last night. That's what I'm saying. Double double. Uh, Raul Neto, 14 points, three rebounds, and we got the Grizzlies getting it done against uh, getting it done against the Warriors in overtime. I know a lot of my Bay Area buddies are sad about this. I'm not even gonna talk too much shit about this. I mean, I've always uh, said that I like to poke fun. I like to poke fun at the Warriors fan base sometimes, just because they just are elitist sometimes. But it, it's it's just out of fun. But this time around, you know, I just you know, it's what it is. Like it's just it, I'm just gonna have a, a a basketball discussion real quick. Y'all lost one seventeen one twelve. Like I said, uh, Steph Curry scoring scoring champ of the year. Um. You know, he did his thing. He had 39 points. He led both teams. He also had five assists and four rebounds. But I think John Morant, I mean, he's slowly coming around, man. He's he's the boy. He 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 ain't no joke. 35 points for him, six assists, and six rebounds. Um, You know, the Grizzlies played a really, really solid game. It's grit and grind. This is what they do. And they just happen to have a really good, uh, you know, point guard. That can not only distribute the ball well, he plays the defense, he scores amazingly, and he has the range. I mean, you cannot knock the Grizzlies and what the Grizzlies did. You got to give the Grizzlies all the love. The Grizzlies beat a, the the uh, I mean beat the Warriors. Okay, now again, are things different with Clay? Hey, I, no, maybe not. But again, maybe they don't even be in this position that they have Clay. But see, we have to get out of that. Look, I. I am a, 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 a I am a Blazers fan and a Kings fan. I'm a Raiders fan as well. If anybody knows about, oh, if they didn't call this play like this, we would have won. I'm at 30 years old. You get done. I'm I'm an adult now. I'm done with that. I'm I'm older. I'm too old for that. Okay, look, y'all lost. Uh, look, if Clay was there, he y'all might have won, but he wasn't, and you lost, and you didn't look super amazing. Um, you look really good in that Warriors game, but that, a lot of that was because of Steph. Now, again, Wiggins added 22 points, two assists, and two rebounds. People are going to say, you know, he's a he's a you know good addition. And he is, but he's a third. He's a good third person. You're still going to need Clay. Okay, I, I, we see this. Jordan Poole added 19 points, four assists, and three rebounds. It wasn't enough. Uh, for the Grizzlies, they got help out from Dylan Brooks, 14 points, 3 assists, and also 4 rebounds. Grayson Allen, 12 points and 4 rebounds. Um, issue with the Warriors as well, turnovers. I think that's the big thing, turnovers. I think that was the big issue with the Lakers as well. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Um, those games got closer offensively. Uh, at, least, at least, well, if you look at the, the Laker game, they were on top you know, the, of the Lakers. But if you look at that second half, you know, they, those those point totals went down. They weren't, you know, getting the shots they wanted. They were turning the ball over. This this is this is something that y'all got to work on. Um, now, again, is this all because of Clay? I don't, again, I can't say that per se. I can't say turnovers are all because of Clay. Um, 
you know, because again, I mean, come on, you gotta you gotta know how to handle the handle the rock. I mean, again, um, it was a solid effort by the Warriors this year. Uh, no, sh- no, no, I mean, no, no, uh, no cap, but you know, there's some things that we have to realize about this offense and really what makes it work. So, you know, with that being said, as great as that dynasty was, it was really it was short lived for one. And I know people gonna say, well, it was three years. It was yeah, but see, dynasties, see, dynasties last for a while. Dynasties come back. Okay, so y'all won three. They weren't necessarily back to back for one, and then you kind of you kind of iffy right now. So we'll see what happens when Clay comes back. If Clay comes back, y'all win a championship. You kind of claim that again, but you got to be like Jordan in there. Like Jordan won three back to back. Took a break for a year, maybe about a year and a half, then he comes back and wins three more. That's a dynasty. Tom Brady wins like two or three in a row. He might have lost a couple, then he came back and he was like winning like two or three in a row. That's a dynasty. You know, like the like the Lakers and the Warriors, they won like five, six, like the like the definitely like the Celtics. They won like 10, 11 in a row. That's a dynasty. And I know you're going to say, that's at a different time. And I don't care about all that. That's a dynasty. You know what I'm saying? And and what happens is now, now what I will say is this, the quality of the league did get better, which is why you you have, you know, you know, certain teams winning at certain points. But you still go have your dynasties, okay? Like Warriors won, like they won, you know, like the Lakers back in the, like in the early two thousand. Yeah, it was a dynasty to it. It was like a mini dynasty because when they fell off, they fell off. Like you know, like dynasties. You know, dynasties historically. You know what that means, right? You exist for like hundreds of years you know what I mean like you're like you're constantly winning a title like you know what I'm saying that's a dynasty like if you look at the war like their 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 franchise as a whole you think that's a franchise dynasty like that's a dynasty franchise sure over the course of time like being the Lakers but you can't say that the same about like the Warriors they like they won like four altogether one is like I was telling my buddy like hopefully we don't have to wait another 40 years for y'all to do this again I'm just saying and this is coming from somebody who won a ti- whose team won a title forty years ago. That's why you don't see me. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a person. I'm a fan, but I'm a critical fan. I watch the team and I love the team, and that gives me the credence to say, "Look, this team is solid." And I'm talking about my favorite team, my Blazers now. But I, I'm real enough to tell somebody, "This team ain't gonna win every. This team ain't gonna win this, or this team might not win that." I know it might. You know, bother some people out of you know some true hard quote unquote hardcore fans. But if you watch the sport, you know. You, I mean, come on. Like, listen, my team won one championship in the seventies. Do you see me telling everybody we're gonna win a championship every year? No. Now, if we knock off, if we knock off a couple people we shouldn't in this playoff series, you're gonna hear me say we have a chance. But until I see something different, why would I tell the world, yeah, well, I love Portland. They gonna win the championship. Knowing goddamn well we got Robert Covington. Why would I say that? Until Robert Covington showed me something different, I'm I, hey, we're gonna talk about what we need to do in just a second in our playoff series. But I'm just saying, you know, I I'm a critical fan. I love my squad, but I'm critical. Like, I love the Kings, but we ain't been to the playoffs in 15 years, bro. Come on. Like, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit with you. I'm not one of these fans that go sit there and go, yeah, I'm going to, we this, we, we going to do this, and I, 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 I
We solid. We we might take all the vision every now and again. I know what it is. You gotta watch the sport. You just eighty two games. I don't be man. Just saying, y'all be right. I was I because I, I this is in ref because I've been listening to the the Laker fans. So I'm like speaking. Yeah, let's just talk. Let's get into my matchups. First match I want to talk about. I might as well since it's on my mind. Lakers and Suns. Like this this matchup here. I'm hearing so many different sides to this one. You got the Suns. You know. They fan base. They've been in the they've been in the, the desert for so long. Now they relevant again. It's like, oh, oh, we got the second seed. We the number one. We gonna take out the the, the Lakers and we gonna sweep them. Are you serious? When the last time y'all been to the playoffs? Two thousand nine. I'm sorry. That is. I mean, I'm just saying y'all finished raw in the regular season, but y'all do know there's a difference between the regular season and the playoffs, right? All my Phoenix fans, all my fans out there, my Arizona in the desert, you know what I'm saying? Gonna have to be watching this game in AC. I hope y'all got AC. Y'all people over there at y'all house watching the games. I wouldn't go over there if y'all ain't got no AC. Anyways, hot ass Arizona. Do y'all really believe that y'all just gonna sweep this? I hope y'all don't believe that y'all just gonna sweep this team. Check yourself. Lakers fans, same thing. I've been now watching my, my brothers on the youth, and I love y'all. I'm going to always support y'all. But because I love you and support you, when I do disagree, I'm gonna just going to do it because that's what we do, right? We family, right? Listen, the Lakers ain't going to sweep necessarily sweep these motherfuckers either. I, I saw that Warrior game. Okay, it's very likely that your boy LeBron, your boy AD can come out flat multiple games. Y'all don't want to play that game. LeBron is set, it's 18 years in the league. He's about, what, 37? You know, hey, we could sit there and say what he wants. He needed that rest for a re- I'm not going to say he wasn't injured, but I'm just saying it was he made sure he got all the rest of the, se- rest of the season to kind of rest himself out. So I get it, but I know that that means that there's something up. That's just me. I saw that game. They did not look very well in that first half. There's a lot of teams in this conference that could put up a lot of points. You don't want to play that game because you'll fuck around and be down by even more points if you play the Suns, maybe the Blazers. Y'all can laugh all you want. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Y'all go ahead and y'all take that weak-ass offense y'all had in the first half against the Warriors against somebody who can shoot the lights out like the Suns. Y'all go ahead. That might work on the regular season against a team like Sacramento because then y'all just kind of will arrive. And, of course, you might not have had LeBron, so you had AD. He'll just kind of, oh, yeah, I got it. And then, he'll, you know, he'll lead the team, and then you'll get Kuzma with a couple different buckets. I'm just going to be honest. Y'all not automatic from anywhere like y'all say you are. LeBron, you got the LeBron factor, huh? I know know y'all want to ride it and ride it, and I'm a LeBron fan, and I know – but I'm telling you, this is not the year to be, oh, I'm relying on this. Why do you think the Nets got three motherfuckers? <laughs> because, because it's more the more the merrier, okay? The more the merrier. It ain't about the one guy. It ain't about the two guys. It's about, really, it's about the whole collective. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, we'll get to the next and how I feel about them in a second. But as far as the Lakers are concerned, Y'all need to be coming out hot every fucking quarter. I don't want to. I don't want to hear. I don't want to see nobody. No, 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 no slacking. The Suns are looking to win the games. They're looking to. They're looking to, to win. 
Okay, I wouldn't. I would, if I'm a Laker fan, actually, as a as somebody who's looking at the, the league right now, the playoffs right now, I'm like I said before, I'm taking the field. I'm not riding the Lakers right now. There's, t- I'm sorry, I, I I cannot do it. The greatness of LeBron is not enough for me this year to believe. He's just gonna have to, for me to for, for again. He again, if he wants to ascend in everybody's top ten or whatever. This is the perfect chance for him to do it because I don't I don't see it not not with as deep as these teams are, and y'all just got two guys, and I've seen Caruso get cooked. I've been seeing Caruso get cooked. I've been seeing KCP get cooked. So I you know I don't know. They don't be contributing all the time. Y'all in for y'all in for a rude awakening if y'all gonna be overlooking everybody. You got you got Rondo playing super agent with the Clippers. I don't know. I'm taking the field. In terms of the series, I this is gonna go seven games, and the problem is the Lakers don't really want it to go seven games because that's just more that's just more energy and more effort. But this is gonna have to go seven games, at least six for either team that wins this series. Um, I don't see a clear winner in this series, and I'm just gonna be honest with you. I know that's disappointing, uh, but it's not as clear and cut as everybody each side is trying to make it to be. They 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 match up with each other. All all jokes aside and all put downs aside. Uh, they they actually uh, match up against each other in my opinion really well because you do have the superstar uh, effect that the Lakers do have with AD and, and LeBron. You cannot really take that away from them because that is a factor we saw. It came down to the last shot and LeBron made that shot. That's just what it is. That's but that's you know that's what the the, the, the guy on the team that team's you know man is gonna do. You know Lillard would have did the same. So. Um, that's what, but look, with that being said, the Suns are not going to back there. They're not just going to be intimidated. Um, I think if you look at that, uh, a, a good factor would be to look at the regular season, uh, record between the two teams. And, um, you know, I, I don't see a, I don't, again, I don't see the Suns with an outright advantage, but they do have a whole team going behind them. And I think in my opinion, I just think that Monty Williams and Frank Vogel, they are on the same level. I think there's things that Monty Williams could take advantage of offensively. There's things that Frank Vogel matchup that he could take advantage of defensively. It's just gonna match. It's just I I I see it as two evenly matched teams. In, in, in all honesty, do I see the Warriors? As, I mean, sorry, the Lakers as the greatest ever seventh seed on paper? Yes, because of you know who's on the team. But it all comes down to what happens, and I I just. I, it's going to be a very difficult road for them to this finals. And there's going to be seven game series galore. Do they have the energy in the tank? That's, that's all I'm saying. Let's take it to the Easter conference real quick. We're going to have, we're going to talk about the match that we have actually going on right now. Uh, we have the heat and the bucks. Uh, this is a matchup of last year. Of course, the heat shocked the world, uh, took out the bucks, I believe it was a pretty, uh, I think it was a four to one series or four to two series. Uh, looked really good in that series. The Heat, of course, kind of regressed this year. The Bucks uh, pretty much stayed the same, stayed the course, actually dropping just a little bit to the third in the conference. Uh, but uh, kind of what I see here is, you know, the Heat have looked hot as of late. Uh, the Bucks have stayed, you know, relatively the same. They've stayed at the third place spot pretty much all season. Uh, you know, they've remained, you know, in their power position. Um, you know, I, I, again, it's, it's the teams know each other. So the, again, this is another, uh, another thing where, you know, do you go with Giannis and the superstar 
Do you go with, you know, what he can do with Chris Middleton and all that? Or do you trust Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo? Um, the Heat's, the Heat, the Heat's, the Heat have beaten this team before, but again, it, it means a lot to kind of get to know a team and, you know, they've had a series with this team, that being the Bucks, they played against this team enough in a regular season. I'm going to go with the Bucks in this series just because I, I still feel like they are the better team over the course of this year. They've, they've kept everything. Because I think both teams have the same roster. Uh, but I, I think the the Bucks have maintained their status and maintained who they are. Um, Giannis is still performing at a high level. Chris Middleton and them is, is performing at a high level. The bench is there. The support cast is there. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm gonna go with the Bucks in in six games. So it's, it's gonna be some. It's you know the you know the Heat are gonna win one. They might even win this game opener, this this first one. But I still see the Bucks winning, winning out in this series. I think they've learned a lot from last season. Um, I think people are kind of looking over them because of the Sixers winning the first season with you know their new coaching you know situation with Doc and they get a lot of pub for that. And so do the the, uh, the the Nets, excuse me, for who they've added over the course of the offseason. For a lot of so a lot of people are overlooking, uh, in my opinion, the Bucks. This team has maintained who they are. Everything is still you know everything is still co- you know kosher. Um, they didn't regress like the Heat did. You know, I, I I see the Bucks uh, at least advancing to the second round. Uh, let's move on back to the Western Conference. Let's look at another matchup from today. For today, uh, we got the Mavericks facing off against the Clippers. Uh, this is a very interesting situation here. We have, of course, the Clippers. Uh, they have PG. They have Kawhi. They have playoff Rondo. Um, they have a lot of things going for them. I think they have, in my opinion, they just have too much uh, that the that the Mavericks can handle. There is a, there is an opportunity that, you know, the Clippers play down to their level. You have that going for you. I, I think that that's why this series possibly could go two, seven, if, or six. Uh, but I just think the, the Clippers just have too much to offer. They have, they have a pretty deep bench as to a bench as well. You have is, you know, Zubac, they can get in the mix a lot of different matches that they can put out there. Just like the Warriors. So, I see the, the the Clippers winning in five games, possibly six. Just pushing it. If I'm pushing it, maybe seven. You know, just you know, again, and that's all. That's only if you know, clip the Clippers come in there overlooking anybody. And I don't think that. I think again, the Clippers. You know, I, I want to say that they don't. I I think that they come in here with a chip on their shoulder this year. And they don't get knocked off easily like they did the year before. I think this team, I think this team at least made it to the conference final this year. Uh, moving on, we got the Celtics uh, facing off against the Nets again. Another matchup for the day. Um, I got the Nets in this series. Kind of the same thing with the with the uh, with the uh, with the Mavericks uh, Clippers series. Uh, for the Nets, I mean they got too many weapons. I mean again, I'm all I, I am concerned about who they have. Outside of that that starting five, uh, that bench rotation, but I think it's too many weapons to match up against what Boston has. Um, of course, they got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I just don't think that that's enough, honestly. Um, yeah, I think their bench play, their their supporting you know cast might be able to match up pretty well. You'll see some matchups there that the Celtics may be able to take advantage of. Um, and, and possibly do some things again. I, I don't. I don't see the, the Nets necessarily sweeping this series, 
but definitely four, definitely six, uh, five to six games in this series for the Nets. That's just that's just what I'm seeing here. Uh, up next, of course, my team, the Blazers and the Nuggets. Um, this this uh, this rivalry goes. It's a rivalry, in my opinion. Uh, we play each other hard in the division every year. This is why I think this is intriguing. Um, this is why this matchup went to seven games last season. We know so much about each other. We're playing each other multiple times. The thing about the thing about football is that you'll play these. Uh, well, let's let's take it back to let's take the football. Right? You got college football. You're only gonna play your rivals. You're only gonna play your divisional guys or your conference rival conference opponents once in your entire year. Right? In football, you're gonna play them twice. So you're gonna play your conference division. You're gonna play your divisional opponents twice a year. Um, so and you're gonna play conference guys once. See, in basketball and baseball, it's a lot different. See, there's a hundred and some games in baseball. 164 to be exact in baseball, if I'm not mistaken. Right? So you spend like you you're, you will literally play a game, play a uh, team three to four times, multiple times in the season. So you're you're pretty much that's a series right there. So you're pretty much seeing you're getting a preview of how you know you will match up with this team. In a playoff situation, same thing in the NBA. You're playing, you're playing 82 games. You're playing these teams multiple times in a year, right? These are serious, pretty much, right? So, um, the Blazers and the Nuggets probably know just about, you know, just about as much as each other as any team in the playoffs right now. Um, this series could literally uh, go either way. I think, even with Jokic. You know, Jamal Murray might be out. This team is still, of course, a threat. But Portland, with that being said, has been playing very solid defensively the past, I guess, the last stretch of the season, to be exact. Um, they have a good, solid bench as well. They have a good rotation. Of course, we have, you know, Lillard. We have McCollum. We talked about them. Covington, I'm iffy on, but he plays solid defense. Um, I, we also uh, have Nurkic, who's a great rebounder as well. He'll be looked at to kind of to do something against Jokic. I don't think offensively he matches up against him, and defensively it's going to be a little bit difficult too because Jokic does has range. Uh, but Nurkic should be able to do his should be able to do something to neutralize him in the paint. That should be an interesting uh, spot for us right there. And again, who can step up outside of McCullum and and Lillard? That's the that's going to be the trend with 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 us throughout all of our playoff runs. Can Melo step up a game or two? Can Norm Powell step up a game? Maybe even Robert Covington. Maybe even have a, a fucking Yusuf Nurkic ball. That's what we'll have to have um, in a lot of these series, and actually every series, to be honest with you, uh, because every team is solid coming out of the West. So this series, um, for the Nuggets, I think uh, Jokic definitely needs to, in order for, I mean, the keys for this team, definitely get Jokic. I mean, he has to be the man involved. Um, he has to be the, I mean, he's obviously looks like almost a floor general as well with the amount of assists he can get as well. There's so many things he can do. He's, you know, more likely leading the team in rebounds as well. Um, so you have him, you have Michael Porter Jr. Um, I think one of their X factors probably going to be somebody like Will Barton. Can he, can he execute from three? Uh, you got Paul Millsap as well. He could possibly be an X factor for them. What can he do in terms of possessions and taking possessions away in terms of what he can do on the boards? That'll be something for him too. Can he get a couple baskets uh, in the paint, you know, and just, you know, on those, um, on those, uh, you know, those rebounds, those offensive rebounds, can he put it back up, uh, get him a couple easy basket there? Because again, we know what Portland's going to be relying on the three. They're going to be relying on their two, you know, guards. They're going to be shooting that volume. It's about volume shooting. 
<laughs> that's what you're gonna see in this series. I think you're gonna see that more, than, more so in this series than anywhere else. Uh, that's that's my personal opinion. Uh, I think this series goes definitely to seven games. I would not be surprised, uh, and it's gonna be a very exciting seven games. I do not be. You will probably see multiple overtimes as well in the series. Uh, do not again. Do not be surprised. Uh, let's move on to Sunday's action. Let's talk about these matchups. We got the Hawks and the Knicks. Uh, this is a really intriguing uh, series because of the way the Knicks have been playing as of recently. Um, the Hawks, you know, they're nothing to they're nothing to sneeze at either. I mean, again, uh, Trey Young doesn't have a whole lot of playoff experience, but neither does the Knicks. They're pretty young as well. So we have two young teams here. I personally like the Knicks in this one. I think the the factor for them, the deciding factor for them, is their rotation, is their supporting cast. They have a they have a great uh, six man in Derrick Rose. Uh, of course, we talked about Tom Dibido. Uh, man, I don't know why I can't say his name right, but uh, and just the way the way he coaches his teams up defensively. Uh, with that, I, I got the next one in this series, uh, six to seven games. Uh, I think this one is competitive because these teams are very young. These teams are deep in a lot of different ways, and. Um, I, I mean I think they have stars that are that are that are budging that are budgeting because you got or I, I don't know how you say that word they're budding stars because uh, also in Atlanta you got uh, John Collins as well the forward uh, slash center he does his thing I mean again both teams are pretty deep they have released files you know starting fives uh, they finished fourth and fifth respectively I think so they finished really relatively close to each other in the conference so um, I, I mean this is probably the most exciting. I think one of the most exciting matchups for the Eastern Conference. Um, moving on, we have the Grizzlies facing the Jazz. Um, as much as I hyped up the Grizzlies before, I do like uh, John Morant and everything like that. Uh, they do have Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, he'll definitely, well, he, you know, he he ought to be a factor in this series. I just see the Jazz again. They just they just overwhelming in this series again. Um, uh, the Grizzlies are still trying to find their way. I don't believe that they made the playoffs last year, so they're still trying to find their way. Um, I, and I think the, the Jazz they. They see that and they take advantage of that, and um, this is a fairly easy series. I I, I say six games max, um, more likely five, uh, maybe even a sweep, but five to six games, uh, relatively easy games in my opinion, just because of just how much you know, I, just because I just I just I like Donovan Mitchell and I and I, and I respect the Jazz, so I wanna I wanna be able to say that they got this. That's that's me. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, you already talked about the Lakers and the Suns, so I'll wrap everything up with the Wizards and the Sixers. Um, this is a series uh, that, I mean, I, I'm not saying it could go either way, but it'll be interesting as well. Um, we already have Mr. Double Dub, Mr. Triple Double. Let me take that back with uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, he's going to be helped out by Bradley Beal. Uh, we see who he has in his rotation. He has Rui Achimura. He can get you a double double if he if he really puts his mind to it. He can get you double digit points though for a big man with the side. Um, he can. Uh, we also got uh, so a couple other guys there. We got Ish Smith who has some range for these guys. So they have some guys that can score. They have some guys who can get it done. I'm not too sure about Bertans in terms of his injury. Uh, he did get hurt in that last and one of the playing games, but I think he'll be all right. Um, as far as the Sixers are concerned, of course, Ben Simmons, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. You guys, you have an MVP candidate as as well with Joel Embiid. Of course, you have a, you know, you have uh, Doc Rivers there. You know, championship level coach. He's taking his team to the playoff multiple times. There's a lot of factors going for the Sixers, um, but I, I think the Wizards make this difficult. 
Um, I think they, they I, I, I want to say, I still got the Sixers winning this, but I say the Wizards make this a difficult six games, a very difficult six games, possibly even a overtime, uh, because the Wizards can out, just out, out of nowhere one night just score 145 on you. So I'm going to give them the benefit of that factor. Um, I see this a hard-fought six-game series for the Sixers. That's that's what I can do. <laughs> that's the best I can do. And I just because I just think that the Sixers they got they got a superior coach. Uh, well, I, I I do like both teams starting fives. Although of course you have the defensive, you have to give credit where credit is due. You know. Um, but again, you know that's a solid matchup. I think you got Ben Simmons going up against Bradley Beal. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a good matchup. And then you have Russell Westbrook. Who can go up against Russell Westbrook on that squad necessarily? I mean, so, I mean, there's some matchups that the Wizards can take advantage of, no doubt. I mean, they do have, I mean, the, the Sixers do just have Joel Embiid, though. And I don't think the Wizards have an answer for Joel Embiid, you know. Uh, there's certain, I mean, just like with the Nuggets in the Blazers series, I don't, I, I, without Jamal Murray, I don't really think the, the Nuggets have an answer for McCollum and Lillard. However, let's say, for instance, you know, nobody else shows up for the, the Blazers, then they have an issue. Also, I don't think the, Bla- the Blazers have an answer for Jokic, per se. I kind of think that they have, they can, they can use a combination of Derrick Jones and Robert Covington and or... Um, and or pal on on Michael Porter Jr. kind of neutralize that again. If you add Jamal Murray in the mix, you got a, you got even more of an issue. And again, you could have Millsap have a fucking crazy game out of nowhere. And and for the Blazers, you could have. I mean, again, it's just about these matchups and you know about how these teams can match up against each other. And for what is worth, for the Clippers and the Mavericks. I don't see the Mavericks having many answers for Kawhi and PG. You know, uh, the Knicks that series they're really matching up. They really match up well against each other. There's there's matches that, that both teams can take advantage of. The Heat and the Bucks that series that series could kind of go either way. Being that we've seen the Heat beat these beat this team before, so uh, this this these I mean, there's a couple series like I said with the Mavericks, the Clippers, the uh, the Nets and the Celtics that. Oh, and the Grizzlies and the Jazz that can kind of go, that you kind of know where they're going to go. So there's three series that you kind of know where they're going to go. But the rest of these, man, they can, I don't know, man. They can go either way. They can go, they can go either, either way. All right, y'all. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, there's two things that I want to get off my chest, two things that are grinding my gears recently. And I just figure I, I get it off my chest and speak on it because this is this is what I do. This is why I made this podcast. So I'm gonna come back in a little bit. Yeah, you already know what it is.
All right. Two things I need to get off my chest. And, you know, forgive me if you hear anything in the background. I had to grind up some, some of my drove real quick. If you hear anything, that's just me grinding. We getting to the end of this. I'm going to breeze through these, these, uh, these, you know, these topics real quick. I just needed to get off my chest. One is, um, why the fuck is it that men can't talk about women and say, look, I went through this, this was some bullshit, and uh, don't, don't go to the same process. How is that negative, y'all? I mean, I, I completely, I, I look at these posts all day on Facebook from these women, and they tell us, oh, these men ain't shit. Oh, they hurt me, and, and all this, and they did this, and they'll even tell you, you know, specific situations in their life, you know, and you see the little hearts and the likes, right? This is what this man did, and you know, you you understand it. I don't really get into it. I I say okay. And the reason why I don't really have any, you know, I'm neutral to it because when I say hey, you know, because I see me, I don't, I don't, I don't make posts bashing anybody. I mean, I I I get this this weird vibe from people. It's like I respond to memes, right? This is what I'll do. I'll see a meme. If I don't dis, if I disagree with the meme, I'm gonna write what I disagree about it, right? thought this was life this is what you can do in this society no that's all negative see if i sit there on there's a meme that says even if this chick got a got a nigga you should still pay half her rent if i say no fuck that i don't want to give you nothing then that's negative in this world i this is the audacity that we living with this is just things that that irk me so i'll say i'll 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 respond to a meme Women ain't really did nothing like that for me before. I, there's this meme I responded to. Oh, y'all need to invest in your girlfriend. Because when you broke, um, your niggas ain't going to do shit for you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you y'all something. When I lost a job, a motherfucker left me. I don't know what the fuck y'all talk. Invest in who? And I gave, I, whenever I need, whenever she needed something, and you know, I said, yeah, I got you. I gave her something. That's an investment, right? Oh, okay. Okay, how about this? How about this? Well, my my lease to my car ended, right? And things kind of weren't looking financially right right away. It took me a process where I'm at now, you know, trying to get the credit score right, getting the car right. Somebody tells me, oh, well, things changed after that happened. But invest in your, invest in the girl? The same motherfucker you was driving around, and then the minute you ain't got it, come on. I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Y'all can say what you want. Judge me. When I was kicked out of my mama house for shit that I did on my own terms and me not living right and not trying to see the right things at the time and still trying to get my way together, I didn't. I couldn't stay with a girlfriend. They dumped me. But who was there? My partners. Yeah, man, let me talk to my mom. Let me see what we can do. Come on over for a little bit. Now, when I was ready to get my shit together and come back home, who did I have to talk? I talked to my grandfather. I said, hey, pop, can you help me? You know, mom not fucking with me. So I don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. That's my experience. I'm going to tell y'all straight up, okay? I'm a real motherfucker. I ain't experienced none of that shit. Now, then I'll be told... Well, you shouldn't because you a man. Well, guess what? If I'm not owed anything for the shit that I've done, then I'm no longer going to do shit for nobody. Remember that.
Now again, this goal, this again, and now now people gonna say, oh, he, that sounds fucked up. I know, I know. But again, if you not family or extended family, what can I say? Are we friends? Yeah, we a friend. Yeah, I know you. We done did. You know, you got me. That's what I mean. See, I, I'll help. I'll, these are the type of adults that I've helped. Family, extended family. You know, people who are entrepreneurs, like my trying to do something like myself off, you know, not necessarily, you know, entrepreneur like I'll support that. I've done that. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, uh, a pregnant woman needs a needs some assistance at on the bus. So I got that. I've done that. That's, that ain't shit. I work in customer service. You know how many single mothers I come across or women dealing with their job? Come on. That's you're supposed to do. That's the shit that you're supposed to do, right? My mother needed help around the house. I need you to do this for me. Sometimes I might not have wanted to do it. Sometimes it annoyed me. But I guess what? A, a motherfucker got up and did it. That's what you're supposed to do. My friends, my female friends need somebody to call and have a, a, a real discussion about and going to listen and not just going to talk about the same bullshit every time. Hey, I'm here for that. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But am I going to pay your rent because we're having sex with each other and because I want to get closer to you? Nah, fam. Am I going to pay for every time I see you, every time, every excursion we take? Do I, would I want to do that for the sake of what? Because we're dating? Nah, not no, not, not no more. That's not what I'm about no more. That, that I do feel, I, you can say what you want. The courtship about it is, is changed. I mean, I don't have no problem with kicking it and smoking and, and enjoying a female's time, but I'm not a hundred percent trying to spend every time I see somebody. Sorry. I'm done with that shit. And again, I haven't. And again, especially in a society where I'm told I don't, I shouldn't expect anything back. Well, then why would I give anything? I might as well keep that to myself. I can do bad by myself. You know what I'm saying? I it ain't no biggie. And people say, well, you hurt somebody hurt. Well, I did. I was hurt, but now I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That's why I talk the way that I do. See, hurt, but hurt me wouldn't have said nothing. I would have just been at the house crying, oh, uh, trying to still get at her. And I'm like, uh, uh, now I'm like, well, fuck all that. I never experienced none of that shit you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real with y'all. I'm not going to sit there. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to talk from not from my experience. That's why I said, I, outside of my mama, I ain't experienced it. So that's not to say that every female is like that. But everybody takes when as soon as a man says ah oh, contradictory to what people want you to say oh you an asshole you don't like women I love women I don't like the bullshit they try to put you through though sorry no I'm not gonna wait ninety days to fuck so and I gotta pay everything sorry I don't want to I don't got the I don't got the patience. That's why y'all say what you as long as I'm single I talk to however many people I want to when I want to talk to them. And if when I decide to sit, settle down, that's when I do that. That way I get all my energy out now and I wasn't tripping about just dating one and all that. No, you don't want to get wrapped up because they not getting wrapped up in you. I'm just saying, you get you get the energy that you get from me. You give, you get what you give with me. You give me bullshit game, I'm going to give you bullshit game. You're going to be mad at me too, frustrated. Why you ain't well? Because you full of shit. I don't know. Either that or I'm not going to fuck with you, you know? It's that simple. Like, I recently just had to cut somebody off after years of going, you know, through a 
really weird limbo with them. They supposed to be a friend. We was exes. They don't only talk. They don't talk to me every now and again, every month or every you know months down the line when they feel like it. Then because they going through something with somebody they living with, and they supposed to be with this person. I still love my take. You know what? I don't care. I don't feel comfortable talking to you. So bye. Oh, for real? Oh, wow. That's what I got. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. When you give me the oh, wow, ooh, I love it. Especially when I told you some real ass shit. When I know I'm growing up and I know I'm changing my... I love y'all when y'all do that to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah bitch. Wow. Ah. <laughs> Don't even say that, but damn, I'm just saying. I'm just going to keep it real with you. That's how I came to really buy it. Like, I was like, yeah, like, motherfucker. Like, I don't fuck with you. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. Shit. Like, you holler at me. If you don't, like, look. If we if we supposed to be cool, right? And you and we was like, yeah, I'll text you, I'll hit you up. We supposed to be cool, right? We ain't supposed to be, we ain't fucking like that. That's fine. And you don't text me back, I'm not going to holler at you when I see you. You're going to get that, hi, and I'm going to get that, sup, bruh. I might, I might even call you a bruh. Like, if I call you a bruh, you're done. That's me. For, you are friend zone for real. And I, I tell you this, as much as men hate the friend zone, Women don't even want you to even try to reject. No, what the fuck? That's why I got the, oh, wow. Okay, I respect it, though. Yeah, you better respect it, because I'm not going to fuck with you. The fuck? Ridiculous. Okay, other thing before I let y'all go. Y'all do know it's 2021, right? We are in the midst of the 20th century. Are we that surface? Are we still doing dark skin, light skin, too? Like, can we, can we, can we stop this shit? Like, look, man, I'm not your typical light-skinned motherfucker, okay? All that mixed shit, all that dumb shit, don't come at me with that. The only place I'm asked, the only place I'm called light-skinned, the only place I'm referred to as some stupid shit, are you mixed, is out here in the West Coast. Everywhere else, I'm a motherfucking nigga, especially to white people, okay? Disclaimer. And I'm gonna tell y'all like this, I know I'm gonna ruffle some dark-skinned people's feelings, but I don't believe in colorism. Colorism exists in corporate America, which I don't deal with because I don't see myself. I'm not corporate and I don't get down like that. And it exists in Hollywood, possibly. OK, and I don't fuck with I'm not Hollywood. So, I, I you know, I want to do voice acting, but I never said Hollywood. So I'm just saying I've never been given any type of benefit from my, me being light skinned. I'm sorry. It's the only type of other questioning that I get or any type of ooh, ah, is from other black folk. I, I'm sorry. I lived in Oregon. I've been called a nigga. I've seen swastikas. I've seen neo-Nazis. They didn't treat me good. And matter of fact, I've seen motherfuckers, light-skinned and dark-skinned, kiss up to white folk and get treated like sh even worse than a motherfucker like me. So... Can we let go of all the light-skinned niggas? They like to pose in the mirror like, fuck you. Gay dudes do it. All gay dudes do silly shit like that. So don't come at us. That's just what effeminate males do. And if you get offended by that, then I, then I have a right to be offended about you talking about skin tone. So there we go. I, I don't see nobody playing up to, dark, to colorism shit except for black folk, dark skin and light. Sorry. I, I don't, I, I've never been given no pass by white people because I'm light-skinned. Now, I've seen people that try to act like a Tom, regardless of skin tone, get a pass. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they get, they ass beat worse. I'm just saying. I don't, I don't see it. And I'm tired of it. 
Cause I I'm telling you this, light skinned people started saying, well y'all 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 house niggas is this and y'all do this and all that. Y'all wouldn't like it. Y'all be quick to say you trying to be against us and this is why we don't get along. Stop all that weak. You can't be a hypocrite. You can't be like black people need to be united in one sentence and then go light skinned people this, light skinned people that. Listen, listen. Colorism is not necessarily about benefiting the light skinned person. It just looks like that on the surface, but it's more so about control that white people want to have over us. Okay? That's all that it is. I, again, I, that's the only thing, because the only thing it sees to do with us is cause friction. And I, again, in Hollywood, sure, yeah, I might get a certain, I don't care about Hollywood. I'm not interested in being Hollywood per se. There's more than one avenue for us to make it as a people. We the ones that want to get our education and get our skills and work for them. That's us. What the fuck? You want them to treat you a certain way? Well, then don't make them your priority. If you want them to treat you better, you need to go and for business for for yourself and have them coming for you, so they can come at so they can fuck with you on your standard. I don't know what to to say too much to that. I'm sorry. I I I don't know. I work a regular ass job and I work a, and I do a podcast, bro. Like. I, that, I mean, come on, like, that's as regular as you get. There's no, there's no light skin in this to that. You can't put an attribute on people's skin tone. And y'all can if you want to, but then if somebody comes back at you with it, y'all gonna be quick to bitch about it. And I'm like, yeah, uh-uh, I'm, I'm annoyed by that. Let that shit go. Like, I don't, I don't like that shit no more. If you don't like the, if you don't want to hear black jokes, you don't want to hear people talking about black people, then stop talking about each other then. That's all I'm saying. Stop trying to find ways to say, oh, you this, and you that. Get over it. Get over it. Get over it. Okay? It's okay to 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 have your jokes, but okay, if you can't handle it when motherfuckers start saying it back, I don't want to hear it. That's all I'm going to say. If you ain't ready for the Whoopi Goldberg jokes and the black dumb jokes and the nappy hair jokes, I suggest you shut up about what light-skinned people do. I'm just saying, a lot of y'all are very sensitive about y'all colorism. See, y'all like, and this is the thing, you cannot be cool with putting down light-skinned people if you know that somebody gonna call you nappy, you gonna be ready to fight. I don't wanna hear all that. I don't wanna hear you. I don't wanna hear none of that. Shit. Fuck that. <laughs> all right, y'all. I'm calling the raffle today. Uh, look for my newest in, uh, installment to YouTube. I will be having that within at least a, another day or so. Top 10 Republican cities, the worst Republican cities, part two. Look out for that. I'm also gonna be reviewing The Room. Of course, Tommy Wuzoe, yeah, Greg Sestero, all that, Lisa, I love, you're tearing me apart, yes, sometimes black people be telling me apart too, I know how you feel, Tommy, people in general, you're tearing me apart, if we all come together and love each other, the world will be a better place, that was in his words, I'm quoting him, okay, now, that's what we're getting into soon, y'all fuck with me. Uh, you already know what it is, Jamal 791 You can follow me on Instagram, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. Once again, that is Jamal 791 E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791. I also have a Facebook page for the show, Never Out of Bounds. You already know what it is. Of course, follow the YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, same name, same place. You already know, uh, Never Out of Bounds. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, check out. I mean, at the very least, please just check out the videos. I'd like to, you know expand and of course like i said get into voice acting as well you know what it is just trying to do this is a, a black man trying to do something i will see that's it that's see that's another thing i'm light-skinned but i refer to myself as black because guess what black people raised me 
Ain't no white folks raise me. Ain't no, I might be missed, but I don't know none of them motherfuckers. I'm just going to keep it real. All I know, all I know is the black people. I just, that's, that's what I'm saying. I just, that's the way it is. I don't got no, no light skin issues like Matt Barnes. Y'all, that's, I understand. I know where y'all coming from, but I just, I just don't see them. I never had them. Sorry. My parents was dark skinned. My grandparents was dark skinned. I don't, you know, my parents was brown. My parents, my, my parents, my grandparents was dark skinned. I don't know what the fuck y'all get going through. I'm used to talking to people and dealing with people darker than me. I'm like, <laughs> dark skin, light skin. What the fuck? We all black. I mean, that's the whole thing. So, I mean, unless your mentality is different, like some people we know, Camelot. Oh, carrots. Oh, did I say that? Oh, oh, oh. Unless you a sellout. Oh, oh, oh. Talking about it's not racism. Oh, but you pass an anti-Asian hate bill. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, sorry, guys. Oh shit, I had a. Sorry, I got allergic. I had an allergic bullshit reaction. Oh. Oh, God. Sorry, y'all. Mm. Mm, I just had to put that out there. Yeah, you know, unless you, you know, you don't like black people and you don't really, you know, relate. Sorry. <clears throat> Camilla. Um, all right, y'all. Y'all know what it is. Y'all take a look at me later. Peace out. I love y'all if somebody hasn't told you yet. Have a good day.